stars. It's really good to see you. As I, as I mentioned Thank earlier, you. Uh, you are somebody who, who in my mind, you hold this space of, of this uh, very sort of dynamic character, but, but, but somebody who each morning when I saw you at Yolk uh, in the office or maybe you were on the balcony because you were having a call or, or in, in our garden area, I always liked coming across you, seeing you, just even if we just shared a high. Uh, <laughs> or a high five. Or a high five. <laughs> from, from the photos. We have a great or picture. No <laughs> we have a great picture of a high five. Um, I, yeah, y you added a lot of good energy to, to Yoke. Um, and uh, I think uh, always just really good vibes, really good energy coming from you and, and, and just good well, memories. Yeah. Of, of I'm happy to hear that. I'm really happy. But I think I was just, maybe I was just um, kind of, um, you know, like an amplifier. I was just amplifying the energy already mm. existing. I would say mm. that's a nice music that's reference. Nice. Like <laughs> so, uh, Lars Jewel, am I am I pronouncing that correctly? Lars Jewel, that's absolutely fine. All right, that's that that's probably how you would say it uh, in English. In 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 Danish, it's it's said like Jewel, Jewel. But Jewel is like the way uh, everybody says it. Yeah, it's it it actually means Christmas in Denmark. You know, because I, I kind of uh, associate with a, like a Yuletide carol, mm. whatever mm. that time, whatever that means. The last Christmas. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Not last Christmas. Not last Christmas. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lars, uh, can you tell us the story of, of how you um, came to know about Yolk and, and how all that started? Yes, uh, I'm happy to do that, and uh, it was quite um, uh, it was quite funny because uh, my wife and I, my wife is from the, from the Krakow area, and we decided to move for a couple of months to uh, to Krakow last summer, and um, uh, and I really needed a place where I could work, mm -hmm. uh, and more or less on the day of my arrival, or maybe the second day or something. Uh, we were celebrating my birthday this is this is how i remember it maybe it's not the truth but <laughs> this is how it fits in my memory which might make the story better <laughs> uh, so um, i arrived uh, there's some kind of birthday party uh, for me my uh, my dear magda she she has made some kind of like surprise parties i was not aware what was going on but i was just suddenly entering a bar in 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 in, in middle of krakow and there was a lot of people saying congratulations <laughs> uh, um well and quite a few of them i didn't know before but it was really uh, really nice and there was also a a, a nice guy uh, called magic and um and he mentioned this workspace mm. that he had been part of like starting up or creating or whatever uh, called York um, so that's how it come up, came about and then uh, I think I just gave, gave you a call or sent you a mail or whatever but I'm not sure maybe I even contacted you beforehand mm. but I think this story is better than what might have been <laughs> the truth I, I like it I, I just don't I, I It, to me, it doesn't matter how the story started. I like how it progressed and, and that you, you eventually were a part of Yolk. So 
the, that's all that counts for me. <laughs> yeah, I, I it, was definitely, I, it was definitely through Mache, yeah, Mache who, who uh, designed all the branding for Yoke. Yes. Um, that's how you, you yeah. found out about Yoke. Because at the time, I think you were one of the first people to, to come, come along, actually. Mm. Before that, no one knew about us. Yeah. And it was really nice to see the, the, the floor people uh, arriving and slowly getting them to know a little better. And, uh, well, that was, that was uh, I just felt very much at home, at home from the very first day. Uh, and after, um, after learning how the coffee machine worked. <laughs> you were quoted as saying that your, your mission, maybe in life uh, or in terms of your career, is to change music education. Is that yes. still accurate? It's very much accurate. And, and um, due to some recent changes in my work life, uh, I'm, well, I, I, I have now worked for four years uh, with running a little uh, publishing company that released book, suddenly became quite a large and expanding international publishing company. But now I'm, I'm actually moving a little more back to the educational stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I am at the moment working on some business ideas that are really, well, they are both crazy and large and strange, but they usually, when I get ideas, they usually seems to happen mm. and go into reality. Um, well, uh, uh, to cut it short, it has all, music has also been, always been a matter of having access mm. to yeah. either audiences or instruments or channels or whatever. But what we see uh, this year is a democratizing of music making. Mm. Um, where more people get access to do it, like on their computer, on their phone, whatever. Uh, but like to get deeper into, to get like deep into music education, you will have to uh, have some mentors, uh, get some proper schooling, mm -hmm. and that's not for everyone. Yeah. So this is this is what I've seen that a lot of kids they don't have these this access. Mm -hmm. uh, so my aim for many years has been to like provide ways to get kids work with music, uh, even though they don't come from a, a, a place with a piano. Right. Now I'm showing a piano. You can't see in the, in the, in the podcast. podcast. No. Um, because music is so much more than uh, just uh, learning it by piano, mm -hmm. uh, but it but you need a little bit of like teaching, and in a way, how it goes on now is quite exclusive. Mm. Kids go to school, they go into the music room, and there is a piano, there is a drum set, and what does the teacher uh, teacher mm -hmm. do? He picks the kids that can already play something, and then they do some music together. Mm, what yeah. is mm. that democracy? No, it's not. So, so this is uh, the the thought I'm, I'm a little back to now, and I'm trying through my quite good network to kind of change that right. in the schools. Because you have, uh, I believe, you're the director of Strom uh, School. I used to be that. Right. I used to be that. Uh, I uh, that was before I, I went into publishing. Mm -hmm. um, 
but I'm now returning uh, to some of these things in my own capacity, I would say. Mm. And what, uh, what is your musical background? Well, <laughs> my own is like that someone put me in front of a, a piano and uh, uh, just like, you know, Obelix in, uh, in this uh, uh, Asterix and Obelix, uh, I kind of, I drank the, the poison, so <laughs> <laughs> I swallowed it. So I've been playing piano since I was six or seven years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, for long, I had a little bit of formal training, but I learned mo- most of it myself. And then, well, bam, 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 I, um, it turned out that I had some kind of talent and won some prizes and had some concerts when I was 18, 19, won a big contest and started working as a music producer later on. And now somebody are calling and I am just scouting them out. And uh, so, so my background is quite diverse. I'm self-taught with a lot of things within music. Uh, I've worked many years as a music producer for EMI and BMG in Denmark, mm-hmm. uh, maybe about eight or nine years. Mm-hmm. Um, also like self-taught, bought some gear, started recording, just like you guys, you're sitting with some recording <laughs> studio. You probably, you probably never were probably trained within doing podcasts, but now you're doing it. I, I don't think I ever was properly trained in anything. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> No, but I, in fact, I have I, I have a master degree in music and Danish literature, mm. whereas Danish is a master subject and and music is a minor. But I never really used it much because um, uh, there's obviously been a lot of evolution and and uh, in your life. But I read somewhere that the piano is one of the things that has been relatively stable in your life. It has, yeah. So, uh, so how how often do you play the piano now? Uh, w- earlier, we had a a little uh, tour of your new apartment, and uh, uh, looking out into the the balcony, uh, you have these this these big uh, glass uh, windows. Yeah. Evan, in front of that, you have your piano, so you could look out uh, exactly. into, your, into your new neighborhood. And uh, actually, I I haven't i'm I've not moved in yet, so mm. but the first thing I put here was the piano Priorities. Yeah. <laughs> so 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 the there's not much furniture, there's no much there's no carpets there's like my my daughter of two years is not running around yet mm-hmm. uh, but but I'm sitting here because it's a wonderful view and wonderful room. Actually, I would like to play for you, yeah. Well, yeah, why not? Yeah, why not? Great. Why not? Because um, uh, can you still hear me? Yes, we can. Yeah. Okay. Can you hear it? Yeah, yes. it's perfect. Yeah.
So I don't, I don't sit much and practice, but right. I just go like and play a little bit, and then I kind of energized. Mm. Mm. It just puts you in a better mood. It puts me in a better mood, and it's like it, it's a it's an escapism for me just to sit and play the piano. But I I used to work quite some years on playing a, a lot of gigs and earning money on playing piano. Mm. Uh, but I. I kind of tuned that out, uh, late hours mm -hmm. and stuff. It, it's it, I rather like to play for my friends, and mm -hmm. you know, this this is this is how the piano is for me now. Yeah, yeah. And, and you're but always, yeah, you're very much a family man too now, isn't that right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Well, the reason I bring that up, because uh, I, I believe you have three daughters, one of which is rather young. Yeah. Yeah. And because uh, I heard the story that you, you quit a very prestigious job to um, follow a, a vision that's in tune with your talents. And yeah. uh, I, I'm curious if, if this experience in your past um, has led you to to guide your daughters in, in in some ways in terms of them following their own visions and talents that's a wonderful question it's a wonderful question because in fact yes mm. i have two uh, uh kind of grown-up daughters they are adopted from china both of them and one is 20 and the other one is 17 and a half mm. and the one of 20 was always the one that didn't want to do her homework in school and she was like uh um well not really into reading not really into history or math or whatever mm -hmm. and so how do you guide guide as a parent a, a, a daughter like that well let it's it's always about following your passion mm -hmm. so i think this is what i gave to her and I realized, I've realized during the last four or five years that there's one thing this girl is good at and likes to do, it's to cook, mm -hmm. to make food. And it's kind of, it has been expanding like, you know, better, better, mm -hmm. to better, to really like, <laughs> really great. So I slowly started to pitch the idea of how about becoming a chef. Mm -hmm. Just try it. Yeah. Why not? We have great school for chefs in Copenhagen. We have great tradition. You know, there's a, uh, for, for years, the world's best restaurant, Noma, was in, in, in Copenhagen. Mm -hmm. uh, great traditions. And now, just a half year ago, she started education as a chef. Mm. I think it's one of my major achievements. Mm. And she's, well, she's doing so good. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, being a chef is something, uh, it must be a really uh, amazing job. You are recognized every day. Mm -hmm. You're recognized by what you do. You're not sitting in an office sending an email that somebody might reply or like or project or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's right there. You serve the food. You get feedback. 
uh, and if you're good, you are appreciated mm-hmm. eating every day the rest of your life. Yeah. Wow. So I think it's a I think it's a wonderful uh, occupation, and I'm I'm really proud to have like like gen- I don't think you as you should push other people to do something they don't want to do. Or but the thing is that our society puts a lot of pressure on everyone to do what is expected from them, mm-hmm. and for a lot of young people. The academia is what is expected from them. Mm-hmm. This is the only way you can get a good career. It's it's not okay to do something with your hands. It's it's you have to you have to do something uh, rather mysterious and intellectual to be mm-hmm. appreciated in the world. And this is this is this is not true. Mm-hmm. You make sense? Yeah, yeah. no, totally. Yeah. It makes perfect sense. Speaking of of trying every day and and trying to get better and better every day, sort of building on your past experiences. Um, mm-hmm. I think you're somebody who prioritizing producing something every day that's uh, important or of value. That's, that's yeah. what I've heard about you. And uh, maybe it, it's it's writing a very good email. Maybe it's having a very good meeting, a productive ah, meeting with somebody. I am now. I can suddenly. <laughs> you have been researching on me. He has because reading some other interview in me. I have heard. So but it's I've actually heard. true. It is. I'm thinking. Yeah, who does he hear this from? <laughs> no, but I think it's it's a. I think it's also a way. It's a way of taking off stress from yourself yeah. to sometimes say, well, I don't have, I, my task list might be uh, one kilometer long and there will be like uh, red and blue and yellow tasks. And, mm. and then it's good to cut through and say, well, okay, I'll just do this one thing and I'm going to do it really, really good. Mm. This one thing. And uh, it kind of makes it easier to go to bed each evening if you just have accomplished one good thing mm-hmm, each day. Mm-hmm. Um, and and sometimes it could be like a, a big project uh, that you've made a sketch for or just one tiny but very, very important and good email. Or um, it could also be like you just made the research of the best coffee in town mm. now you know you're never gonna research again you just have that bean you're gonna drink for the rest of your life yeah yeah <laughs> but but for me this is in line with uh I, I i try to have this concept of just moving ahead just every day mm-hmm. like having no zero days uh, you know sort of uh, every day moving slightly ahead uh, yeah. That way that you feel that you're progressing, this way you, you have satisfaction because you know you've accomplished something. It, it might be a little thing, but it, like any investment, it, uh, it grows over the period of your lifetime, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. it's true. Uh, but, you know, I think we all have like our uh, zero or our sub-zero days. And <laughs> I think if, if you're into creative stuff, um, you always have this amazing amount of doubt you have to double, you have to juggle all the time. Am I, is it, it's also the part of, of the work life, like 
that is created and which is in fact existing at places like York, where you might not have the usual uh, structure with a company and employees and a boss and stuff. So you have to kind of frame it out, all of it for yourself. Mm-hmm. And, and this can make, this can, this can be very scary. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so it leaves people in doubt. Um, And then when it comes, when you also have a coronavirus Mm -hmm. (laughs) in top of that, I think a lot of people uh, in this world uh, last, especially people living like a little bit on the edge uh, has been really problematic times because they had less structure in their life before the coronavirus came and then it came then they got even more uh, um, voice structure but what I would say to that is um, is another thing I learned is like if you're in doubt you're never in doubt hmm. it's it's a principle I'm kind of using a lot if you're in doubt you're never in doubt and what does that mean it means that um if if you have to go this way and that way and you're in doubt you're actually never in doubt you just pick, pick one of them and and do it by intuition don't don't think it over too much just do it and it will be obvious to you so instead of sitting for a long time and choosing what's the right thing to do just do it mm-hmm. just do take take it grab it do it and um this has served me a lot of uh, saved me a lot of time that i'm not like i used when i was when i was younger i used to have a lot being a lot in doubt of stuff mm-hmm. i'm not anymore because i'm in when i'm in that doubtful mood i just i just grab one of the options and run with it mm-hmm. i have a different uh phrase that i use for i believe the same idea but the one mm-hmm. that i use is paralysis through analysis <laughs> yeah. Yeah. okay yeah. Pa- ah yeah analysis but that's through analysis well, well the way i understand it and tell me if you're talking about the same thing is basically you, you're analyzing and analyzing and, and thinking of, of different options you can yeah, go yeah. and try and and this being stuck in this uh analytic phase mm-hmm. uh, paralyzes you from moving forward it's correct yeah 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 and it's yeah that that one is really good it's a good uh, um it's a good soulmate to my saying mm-hmm. i would say mm-hmm. um yeah it, it's it's yeah. it's really interesting that you brought up doubts because uh i mean max max can check yeah. this out <coughs> he has written on his notepad in capital letters doubts yeah <laughs> it's it's something that uh that i, I wanted to, to ask you because i think it's something that when you're in something that has so much f- like music or, or any art uh, where there's just so much freedom in a sense and so, so much is dependent on, on you and what mm-hmm. you decide to create, um, not having so many guidelines and restrictions uh, can lead you to doubt as in what is the right way to go. Because it, sometimes it feels like there's only one right way where... I think often there's there's many right ways. There are many right ways. Yeah. 
Yeah. But I, I think, um, I think knowledge is sometimes the key, not, not maybe I, I really like this. You can overanalyze and then you get paralyzed, mm. but working hard, getting knowledge and then deciding and choosing to go in the right direction is, can help you get rid of the doubt. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, I, I, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that what you should do in your life is just flip a coin. There's this book where this guy flips a coin and that he does whatever I don't remember. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, and then you just let the coin choose for you because that's not, not how it works. Mm -hmm. You, you get yourself to a, to a level of knowledge and a little bit of analysis and then you 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 take the decision mm. i think but but it's it is difficult in creative um fields because there are many right ways as you said mm -hmm. um but choosing the, the best of the right ways is based on knowledge and a little bit of intuition on top right I right i was going to talk about that intuition because basically as you're doing things as you're trying things and, and sometimes making mistakes and learning from those mistakes you, you're building up that muscle of intuition that you have especially mm. uh, in that particular field um, mm. yeah and, and that just kind of uh, i don't know you you, you you start building these sort of soft guidelines in, in terms mm. of what feels right in this particular moment to do i think intuition is an Undervalued um, character, or what's yeah. the value? It's it, it's. I I don't know what intuition is. I have no <laughs> idea. Use your intuition. Sorry. <laughs> you, use your intuition to to yeah. think what it might be. I think intuition is is kind of I I think it is. It is based on quite a lot of experience and knowledge, and then it just comes. Yeah. My good ideas—they always come in the morning. Mm. I don't know why. Is it where knowledge becomes feeling, intuition? It's like your gut, your gut reaction to things. Yeah, it's more about a feeling than than. It's a fe it's a feeling uh, which is informed by knowledge, I guess. I was yep. gonna say the same thing. I, I was gonna say that it's uh, intuition is a is, is where experience, past experience, and emotions meet. Mm. Yeah, so. yeah. I think that's a good uh, that's a good way of describing it. Uh, you just mentioned that <laughs> your your best ideas often come in the morning, and uh, so can you talk a little bit about what sort of puts you in that flow state of? Um, being productive in in terms of uh and and creative and coming up with ideas uh, is that possible um, I, you know sometimes and uh, i know this story do you know the story about paul mccartney who uh i think he dreamt one of his song please tell us uh, i think one. it's i think it's yesterday uh, or maybe it's Blackbird. No, I think it's Yesterday. Mm. Uh, yesterday. It's a wonderful melody. The, the story is that he dreamt it and night 
he wake up the morning he wrote it down mm. from first line to last mm. like the the tune mm. and it was just fully made mm. like he didn't sit and work mm. it just came to him mm. and um and why is that it's because when you when you sleep and you dream you let go but and then then you are in this strange state in the morning where you're half awake or half asleep i am like that it, it takes a long time and a lot of coffee uh, to get me past that state but it's very important and it's important to if you work in creative industry cherish that moment cherish that moment when your eyes look horrible mm. and uh, yes just because this is might be where the good ideas they come because mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i i think at that particular moment you're you're sort of in this half a days where mm. your brain doesn't have you don't have total control over your brain and and the yeah. the, the many ideas that might flow through it it's like if it feels like you're you're open to many abstract things and uh, yes yeah uh, yeah and maybe you're not restricting yourself and you're not thinking that much of all those lists thing, things on your task list so it makes you a little more um open yeah i um, i think it's, it's better to say instead of saying that you're half awake as you're still half dreaming yeah yeah Oh, and and in dreams anything is possible in a sense so 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 and the, the i sometimes i'm i can get an a full-blown idea very quickly I, this was why i was referring to the paul mccartney thing and then it takes two years to fulfill it mm. you know mm. uh, um I, I some years ago i got the idea of doing something called the electronic school concert mm -hmm. Uh, uh, you can read about it on the internet, um, and it the full idea of it it come to it came to me literally within like few minutes. The full idea of it. So I I started writing it down, sketching it out, and and then there was a lot of time spent on getting people to understand it and you know visualize it and and get funding for it and getting it implemented in schools and stuff but the the, the idea the little idea itself it just came uh, everything with the name the concept hmm. um and i think it is very i i think it is very much based on um well, back to the Paul McCartney case. I think that guy. I don't. I've seen a few interviews with him, and mm -hmm. I really. I think he's a guy that has been touching many different fields, not only music. Mm. I, you know, fields of good education, lots mm. of different interests as a kid. Uh, uh, you know, being able to take a little bit from here and there. Right, right, right. Um, and. Um, this is why you cannot you cannot teach creativity as such. You need to combine a lot of different skills and things to be creative. 
It doesn't, uh, talking about um, Paul McCartney as well, we could also go back to intuition as well. I mean, um, yeah. yes. in the, one of the Malcolm Gladwell books, he talks a lot about um, the Beatles and how, you know, they they had the opportunity to perform night after night in Hamburg, yeah. um, which, which like, you know, they did their, what, 10,000 hours. Um, <clears throat> and that kind of, that's building that knowledge base, which then the intuition feeds from. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So, you know, maybe yes. if you hadn't done those hours of performing songs in, in a Hamburg music venue, then maybe he wouldn't have woke, woke, you know, woken up one morning with yesterday pre-written. I think, I think that's absolutely, uh, uh, maybe that's simple, that, that might be closer to the truth of, of his talent, like working in clubs, for hours and hours playing everybody's song. I mm. think that yeah, time not, they not were playing songs, yeah. everything. They were playing everything. They had the, all the experience of how is this song working when I played at that time of the night yeah. or that time of the night? What do the audience want? Who reacts want, to, want, to what song? What, how are they reacting to it? All these kind of things. And it's unmeasurable. Yeah. It's, it's really unmeasurable, this kind of feedback you get the, from an audience. Mm. it's a very it's a very strong thing mm. i remember the many years ago this thing of when i was like i was supposed to become a jazz pianist and i was playing you know uh, uh, and actually got a, um, some really uh, nice gigs in copenhagen at the old momata as 19 and 20 years old but i remember a certain concert i had at the copenhagen jazz house where i had the feeling that people were listening and waiting for the next note I would play. Mm. They, I had like two or 300 people waiting for the next tone I would play. It's a tremendous power. It, it's a really, you, you can feel it through the, the you can feel it through the air. Mm. It's, I don't know what it is. Uh, and I think this is the reason for uh, like pop rock stars doing drugs. Mm. It's, it's not because they want to get up there. It's when they come down from the stage. Mm. This is where it becomes difficult yeah. because they sense this positive energy from a lot of people. Mm. And well, it, it, it can't be explained. So, so, so that's the natural high. That, that it's a natural high. Yeah. But it's also like a, a very uh, interesting kind of divine communication. Mm. It's like uh, it's like being in a flock of birds, mm -hmm. and you're you're the bird that are leading all the other birds in that mm. direction, yeah. and all the other ones they they in a millisecond they uh, they they slide their their wings and fly the same direction. You've probably seen these uh, find the right. formation formations of birds mm. flying. How 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 the fuck do they do that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's how. <laughs> Yeah. So I think like when you were when, when you're working in front of an audience, you're a little but you're a little like the bird that kind of takes a leap that the other ones are looking to. Mm -hmm. Who's the first one who flaps her or his wing in that direction and then the other one follows. <laughs> so t tell me uh who's your audience now, in a sense? 
Uh, my main audience these days uh, are my daughter Mila mm. uh, of uh, two years and three months. Mm. So she likes to listen to me play piano and she also jumps up on a chair and plays herself. It's, yeah. it's incredible. It's my main audience at the moment. So I'm getting back to playing kids songs and stuff like that mm-hmm. quite a lot. Um, so the, I would say, and, and I used to have like, there was a point in time where you had something like clubs <laughs> and bars. Yeah. Wow. What, what may sound interesting. It was tell, something, tell it was a place where people were meeting. They were having fun. They were drinking. They were dancing. They might be kissing. Mm, and really? That's possible. There might, there might be a guy somewhere that would be the DJ. Mm. And that guy could have been me. Uh, <laughs> I used to work quite a lot as a DJ. And, and it's and that that occupation has just died. I have had zero jobs since DJ gigs since September last year. You know what, Lars, recently I was in a, I think it was an Uber, and uh, I was talking to the driver because I always like to talk to the drivers because it, it, it yeah. always feels like this... Uh, I don't know, like a 10, 15 minute spontaneous uh, speed date with, with whoever's your driver. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, so, so I was talking to him and he talked and he said, um, you know, I- I'm not normally a driver. And I said, mm-hmm. okay, so what do you do? And he said, like, I- I'm, I'm a DJ. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> tell me more. And he said, yeah, of course, now uh, all of the business has dried up and things like that. But yeah. I'm starting like a, a DJ school where, where I'm just meeting with a few people or, or maybe online, I guess. And yeah. uh, he even thought of doing it for, for children of, of yeah. or, or just anybody who's ever been interested in, in yeah. doing some, some DJ for fun or, or, or more ambitious goals. And uh, yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. We're it's still, we're still waiting cool. to have you back here for the uh, clubhouse opening for the Lars attack, the yeah. Lars attack. Yeah. Yeah, that's my DJ name. I know. I am coming. Just, just call me. I will come. I'll just grab a flight and play. We'll send the Yoke private jet to you. Yes, please do, please do. But I would be so happy to come and and do that for sure, for yeah. sure. Um, I might not come down to Krakow in a before like we've got the Japs, right? Right. Um, uh, and it's it's you know. Do, you, do you, think you, you think you'll be coming this year? Yeah. Great. I, that, well, Denmark is an overly controlled, overly bureaucratized, and is that the word? Bureaucratic. A bureaucratic. Uh, but there's one thing that has been very excellent handled here, and that is the coronavirus. Yeah. There's massive testing. There's mm-hmm. rules that everybody knows how to follow, and we have it's it's we have one one or two persons dying each day at the moment and mm. very very low rates and the vaccination plan is going really really well speaking of of you know current affairs and and what's happening and and also many people are are using this uh th- these times to start something new and uh a, a yeah. new project that is is on your plate is Vision Maker. Yeah. Right. C- can you tell us a little bit about that? 
Well, actually, it has been on my plate for some years. It, it, it's just my, my, my company name. But now, since I stopped working with this publishing company, mm -hmm. uh, I'm now trying to find uh, and find new ways and new uh, reach out to new people. And, uh, and it, it, it happens like that people start reaching out to me, mm -hmm. <laughs> which is something new. Uh, so uh, at the moment I am, I'm planning a Kickstarter, mm. uh, a crowdfunding project, which is absolutely uh, amazing, uh, amazingly interesting. Um, as you might know, uh, Denmark many years ago used to be a, a, a um, colonial country having colonies all around the world, uh, uh, having intensive slate, uh, slave trade um, and um, having a small group of islands now called the US Virgin Islands. Um, and that was at a point sold to the US, um, but um, we actually unfortunately had slave trade and became rich mm. from that uh, hundreds of years ago in Copenhagen. You can see like big centers of the Copenhagen was built from money from that trade. Mm. And so now uh, uh, two artists, a Danish and a West, West Indian, or uh, uh, artist from the US Virgin Islands, has made a temporary monument of a uh, like what's a black heroine mm -hmm. um, that fought slavery. Um, they made a statue of that in the harbor of Copenhagen as a temporary installation. But now uh, the idea is that, well, it has actually been, uh, how can I say it? It has gained permanency. Mm -hmm. uh, so it will be uh, made into a solid seven meter high monument mm. and for that we need quite some dollars mm -hmm. so i've been involved in strategizing a, a, a kickstarter campaign for that so like to, to get back on the vision maker I, I i really what i really like to do apart from like setting my own own ideas like putting them uh, into play is like if people come to me and they have a great idea and I can help them mm. to make it happen. Mm. This, this like empowering people uh, that to, to make them believe that this is actually something they can achieve. Mm. This is why I came up with that, uh, that uh, company name. So I'm uh, inviting everyone here that's listening, that might be listening Come to me if you have some good ideas and awesome. need a few awesome. a little bit of advice. <laughs> yeah, and, and just do it and get past that doubt that we talked about earlier. Yes. Yeah. It's it's been really good uh, catching up with you because uh, I think uh, even when you were here, usually our, our our conversations were generally kind of um, you know superficial about day to day stuff. But it was nice to get a, a little bit deeper into uh, what Lars is about and and what's going on in your head and uh, and, and how you see things. Can I can I just before we end this sure. one, because now I see this wonderful space you have there mm -hmm. uh, with the your little podcast studio. 
how is it going on with the rest of the rooms? Are you are you expanding? I have an idea that you, you, you have. Yeah, well, um, we opened the clubhouse, um, you know, that, that, that ground floor space, which ah. is like the cafe style workspace. That's been Lovely. open for a couple of months now. Yeah. Wow. There's, there's still, there's not uh, a great deal of people here at the moment um, because of the whole situation. So, yes. it's not, so it's not getting uh, intense use, but it is getting used and it is perfect. It's, it's a pretty cool place, I think. And we've definitely been, been uh, Yolk in the past few months has been a lot more open to new organizations and, and just uh, collaborating with, with um, people in our neighborhood and, and not only. Uh, so, uh, and, and, Great. And, de and definitely the awareness of Yolk uh, ha has been growing. Earlier, you mentioned people approaching you to work with you. Um, I think we're starting to see people approaching us because they've heard of, of Yolk and it's no longer that we need to say, Hey, we are Yolk. This is what we're about. Sometimes people will come to us and say, Hey, I, I, I think I know what you're doing already. And, uh, and uh, let's see. If so when I, when are you going global? <laughs> 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 it, it's funny because just before you we were talking to somebody about expanding throughout poland and uh, yeah talking about yeah. different cities there and, and you're now talking about global so uh <laughs> yeah. yeah that'd be cool yeah but maybe that maybe that your concept could even be applied here in copenhagen there's the there's uh, there are workspaces but um um i haven't really researched how good they are mm. but i have i it's hard for me to imagine something as good as you. <laughs> well, on that note, we're going to end the podcast right now because okay. we don't get any better than that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Thank nice you. chatting to you guys. Thank you again, Thanks Lars. It, it, it was fantastic having, uh, given this is opportunity for us to interview you and, and, and to catch up with you. Um, Amazing. Yeah. yeah. Can't wait to see you back in Krakow as well. Yeah. Yes, I I hope soon to be able to join you again. So uh, from uh, the Yolk uh, pod podcast studio, <laughs> <laughs> this has been Yolk's accidental podcast today with Lars Yule, and uh, yeah, thank you again, and uh, hope to, hope to talk to you again soon. Thank you so much, guys. All right, yes. bye everybody. Bye bye.